0: Welcome to the Scoop and Score podcast. Do they worry you at all? Are you worried? More gold.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, right.
0: Your host, Stephen Kahn.
1: Tony Reese is expected to inform Notre Dame his intentions to stay with the Irish as offensive coordinator.
0: <laughs> Who's that from?
1: It's happening, guess, folks. This is the, start with this that. is now the cold open of the podcast. I mean, we knew that news was going to break while we were doing this. Uh, We didn't know exactly when. Tommy Reese staying at Notre Dame, which if we have an offensive coordinator, I have to imagine that means we also have a head coach. And I think we will be hearing about Marcus Freeman probably while we're recording this podcast. Again, if you're listening to this, it probably won't be until much later. This is not a live podcast. It does – it does – it's, it's we've come full circle. It was a year ago on this championship week preview that I said I expect Cincinnati defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman to be the next defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. And now we are here saying I expect Notre Dame defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman to be the next head coach of Notre Dame. What's happening, everybody? And welcome to the Scoop and Score podcast. I am joined by Danny Dimes and Tommy Vegas. We are going to recap what we talked about in the preseason. We'll see how we did. We're, as always, going to do our mega preview of Championship Weekend. We're waiting. We're, We're constantly refreshing Twitter, getting updates on the Notre Dame coaching search. And at some point during this recording, there's a good chance that a Christmas tree is going to be delivered to my apartment, and I'm going to have to completely walk out and and put this thing on hold for about 14 minutes. There might be some noises in the background because the phone is uh, we're we're leaving notifications on on the phone. Although maybe I'll make it uh, I'll make it ringer only so that uh, I know about the Christmas tree and uh, we don't have to hear every text that comes through. As I imagine, there will be a lot of texts if more news starts to come out, but. I've now spoken a lot. I've got two guests here. What's up, guys? Thanks for uh, thanks for joining as always.
2: Thanks for having us, Steve. This, uh, this podcast is going to put your multitasking ability uh, to, to the test with all that's going on with Notre Dame while uh, breaking down 10 bowl games. So thanks for having us back. Um, hopefully we can be as successful as we were uh, in the season preview pod. Um, so yeah, pleasure. Pleasure to be back. Yeah, happy
0: to be back for our bread and butter. I think this is, what, our third or fourth year doing this for the championship weekend preview. So it's always good to get the crew back together.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to do it. We, we all know that this is really where I shine. Um, usually you two pretty much agree on on eight or nine of the ten games, and I'm the lone wolf, and, and I go eight and two or nine and one, and I, and I don't expect anything different. Uh, for the listeners, just a quick – I will be doing a separate pod about Notre Dame uh, once things are more finalized. Um, And another thing, we are probably not going to get too deep into the playoff scenarios here because quite frankly, who knows what the committee will do in any given situation. I, I, I just, it's not worth predicting. Let's see what happens in the games. Let's see what they do Sunday morning. And then I can come on a podcast and either yell about how they got it right or yell about how they got it wrong. But either way, we're just here to talk about facts, facts and logic. That's what this podcast is all about. Uh, boy, I'm a little, I'm a little jacked up. It is looking like we are getting actual confirmed reports now that Marcus Freeman is expected to become the next head coach at Notre Dame. Uh, something that we, 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 we felt pretty good about an hour ago. We felt really good about about eight minutes ago, and now we, uh, I think we're, I think we can call it Marcus Freeman, next head coach. Of Notre Dame, thrilling. That'll be a separate podcast. Tommy, I see a smile on your face. We 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 like that quite a bit. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about some of our uh, preseason predictions. Now, I am going to uh, let's 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 get the bad out of the way for myself first. Among the most embarrassing Heisman predictions of my life. But I'm I'm retired from the Heisman game. I said it. I believe I I didn't pull the audio. But I said on that podcast that Vegas wised up the, the there's not value in the numbers anymore. You'd have to guess, you know, it's a total guessing game. There's no value there. So I'm out of the Heisman prediction game. So they're just guesses. I'm sorry they were wrong. Uh, but, uh, but, but Danny, I know, I know you had Matt Corral who, you know, it was, it was fun for a while. Uh, and and I, I suppose I, there's still some kind of long shot there, although it seems highly unlikely, but uh that was a that was a decent guess there, Danny.
2: Yeah, I mean he uh, he had quite the season. Ole Miss, uh, as I mentioned on the, the preview pod, was was one of my favorite win totals. They they went over by uh, I think two and a half games. So um, you know, I think maybe if he stays healthy, um, he was he was a bit banged up during the year. Then he'd have a little bit of a better shot. Um, but look, they, he's got an outside. Very outside shot. He would probably need Young to uh, to have a terrible championship game and a couple other things to, to break his away, but much better than my Spencer Rattler pick, uh, who was, I think, the favorite and didn't even finish the uh, season as a starter.
1: Tommy, who did you like in the, uh, I think we liked some of the same guys, right?
0: Yeah, I liked another guy who is currently not the starter for his team. JT Daniels was <laughs> my uh, best bet, so I fall right in that, that camp. I don't think it was a great year for Heisman prognostication for anybody. It didn't seem like anybody really wanted to win it. It's going to be like Bryce Young by default, if anything.
1: Yeah, I'm still waiting for uh, Will Shipley to break out here. And, uh, you know, in terms of our, uh, our season totals, uh, and, and I'll let you guys add any that I'm missing, but I wrote down, I, I saved my file here, I gave, uh, I put my name on seven team totals and and six and one on those. Uh, that's, that's Iowa over and you got some extra juice. If you took them over, uh, the big 10 wins, which, which Tommy found for us, um, Auburn under Georgia, Georgia over sec wins, Alabama over sec wins BC over was the only loser. And then Virginia tech under Kansas state over That's six wins and one loss. And you, you had to sweat auburn um, that's about all you had to sweat so pretty did, pretty, did Bama,
2: pretty Bama went over didn't they lose didn't they lose the one game they m yeah
1: but they they play uh, they play oh they only play eight conference games not nine.
2: Yeah, I, I think that I think they had to go undefeated for your, for them to cash that regular season. Oh, bad it. job by me. Sorry, five. Sorry to break it to you, but five, five
1: and two is still pretty good. Five and two sounds so much worse than six and one. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking the the nine conference games, but no, you are right. It's only eight conference games, and uh, yeesh. What? Are they, okay, five and two. That's uh, that hurts.
0: You can tell who puts uh, re- real dollars behind these picks based on. Uh, <laughs>
2: The I'm accuracy. to win it the- it out, the- under 11 and a half that's the only reason I knew
1: but uh, any any that I'm missing there that uh, that you guys were were on
0: yeah well just to kind of recap where those came from I think Kansas State was my favorite that um, then Danny chimed in on that was an easy winner no I'm
1: gonna cut you um, off right there Tommy this is not this is not but we're, that's not what we're doing here so yeah, yeah,
0: we're yeah, not we're yeah. not spreading around the credit all
1: right.
2: Well, sp- that's ex- – we, we are spreading
1: around. <laughs> we are. Yeah,
2: true. We are it's spreading. spreading
1: around.
2: So, those, um, yeah, Steve, a couple I, w- I would add. Um, I didn't write down the seven you mentioned. But um, as a collective team, I won't say who mentioned these, but uh, nobody – there was no disagreement in some of these. We, uh, we crushed the Pac-12. Um, we gave out UCLA over seven. They won eight games. We gave Utah over eight and a half. They won nine. Oregon over nine they won ten um, we mentioned Virginia Tech under seven and a half um, we mentioned UNC under ten that went way under
1: we did like that
2: and uh, I think that but was I can't oh, Indiana Indiana under eight um, was mentioned or even seven and a half that we liked and I think they won like two or three games. Two, two games.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I can't take any credit on the uh, on the Pac-12 as I had USC over Washington in the Pac-12 championship. And that didn't go great. But folks, there is one thing that I am going to take some credit for. And it, I, I wish that I wasn't taking credit for this, but here's, uh, here's some audio from our uh, preseason podcast in August. And call me crazy, but I think this is the year Michigan knocks off the Ohio state Buckeyes gets over the hump and plays for the big 10 championship. Now I thought that they'd be playing for the big 10 championship at like nine and three. Um, But, uh, but yeah, Michigan, Michigan looking strong. Um, It's, I mean, it's just an interesting year and, and this will be something uh, that, that we get into more when the playoff field is announced, but you know, I don't know. It's just, they could all of a sudden be in the playoff and and favored to win a game, you know, possibly favored by like a touchdown in, in a, in a semifinal uh, depending on what happens. So obviously a, a big year for the Wolverines. Is there, is there anything kind of big picture uh, that we uh, that, that I have missed here that, uh, that we talked
2: about preseason? Um, thank you for cutting off the audio when you did Steve, because I think I, I chimed in, I'll text you when Ohio state's up 21, nothing uh, in that game. So I, I appreciate that. Um, no, I mean, I think big picture, we, we probably each got two of the four playoff teams. Right. Um, but I'd say, you know, if, if you looked at the the predictions preseason, I mean, I mentioned it on the podcast, uh, Clemson was minus 700 to, to make the playoffs. So I don't think anybody could have could have saw that coming that they were not going to make it. And Ohio state was obviously a a popular pick. So those are two that fall out. Um, If Alabama loses to Georgia, you know, they'll be heavily debate debated, but um, they may fall out too. So those are three of probably the, the four most popular teams that that people have predicted. Uh, It seems like we're all going to nail our Georgia pick.
0: I mean, I think that's the one to highlight is that I think Danny and I both chose Georgia as our national champion, you know, Georgia to win the sec. You know that's looking like maybe our best call.
1: Yeah, I think all, all three of us who had uh, had Georgia in the SEC, I I can't believe I I balked and picked Clemson to, to beat Georgia in the national championship. But uh, yeah, we were we were all over the Bulldogs, which if might as well pat ourselves on the back. No one else is going to do it. Should we uh, Should we give out some winners for this coming weekend? I know Tommy has pages worth of notes that he's going to come with uh, a lot of a lot of stats here. So, so why don't we just get into it? And uh, I guess we'll start with UTSA playing Western Kentucky. I think you guys love, didn't you guys love Western Kentucky coming into the year? They, uh, they started one in four on a four game losing streak and then have pretty much dominated every game since then. Um, I just, I have a feeling that I look. I look into Danny's eyes. He liked Western. He liked the Hilltoppers before the season, and he usually doesn't bail on teams until they really give him a reason to.
2: Uh,
1: But, but tell me, tell me what you're thinking in this one, Mr. Dimes.
2: You're, uh, you're right on. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a win total I had Western Kentucky over. I mentioned kind of like them at ten to one to win the conference. I I didn't pull the trigger on that one, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Western Kentucky. I think we said minus three, right, Steve? That's the number right now. Yeah. Okay, so, so give me Baylor Zappi, who's the better quarterback of, of the two, um, playing against a pretty garbage secondary. Um, you know, one one theme you'll hear uh, in multiple of these games is, is I do like teams that are out for revenge. So Western Kentucky did lose the first game to, to UTSA. Um, UTSA hasn't been playing good ball lately. Uh, they lost to a middle-of-the-pack North uh, North Texas team last week. They actually got smoked. Um, now maybe that's a look ahead to this game, but even before that, they, they barely squeaked by UAB, um, needed a touchdown in to the game to, to win that. Uh, they were tied with, with one win Southern miss going into the fourth quarter. Um, Southern miss doesn't even have a quarterback. Um, so, you know, I, I'd say Western Kentucky, since their last loss to UTSA has rolled off seven straight wins. By an average of 26 points a game so so give me Western Kentucky uh, I think that they you know in a high scoring affair uh, should be able to beat UTSA by by at least a touchdown
1: yeah I'm going to jump in here before Tommy because I want to I want to directly go against some of those things so just uh, right right on cue I'm I'm taking the points uh give me UTSA uh plus plus the three and I think for UTSA being undefeated might have weighed on them a little bit um, and, and that's, that's why we saw some of the, the not great performances down the stretch. It's hard for me to ignore. You taught, you know, you say you want to, you want to take the revenge game, That game, I, you know, on the road at Western Kentucky. Now they get to play them again in the Alamo dome. I just think that UTSA should win. I, I think UTSA should be favored by two and a half in this game. Um, so, so I just have to take the, the free value there of a team playing at home um and you know they, they got that loss sort of out of the way it's not uh not as not as much pressure for the undefeated season and uh and, and I'll take the roadrunners I've, I've liked the roadrunners all year long and I think uh as much as I love seeing big red on the sideline for for western Kentucky uh give me give me the roadrunners Tommy I I just have a feeling you're usually when we when we get these split skis you you ride with uh with Danny Dime. so what do we got here
0: yeah, and a surprise to absolutely no one. Uh, I'm riding with dimes here. These are two teams that could not be coming into this game, you know, with different trajectories. Western Kentucky has been absolutely humming recently. I mean, their offense is incredibly dynamic. Uh, Bailey Zappi, I think, is has a chance to set, like, the all-time uh, touchdown total uh, if he puts up a big game here on Friday. Um the other thing that I look at oh, in, in terms of UTSA, I think they've been limping kind of to the finish line. Frank Harris, their quarterback, is banged up. Sincere McCormick, I know, has you know had a great career and put some eye-popping numbers up, but he's sort of been uh, slowing down recently. Um, and one thing that I look at and monitor is is the the line movement of these games. And you kind of nailed it on the head. I think this line opened at UTSA minus two and a half and it's moved already, you know, flipped to Western Kentucky minus three. It seems like all the sharp action and all the signs are pointing to, to Western Kentucky here. And, and that's the side I'm going to be going be riding with.
1: I think you guys are on it too late. I will just jump in right now. Twitter, uh, Pete Dammel saying that the uh, expecting to take a, a few days on the school's head coaching search. To, to pan out for Notre Dame. So we, we might've gotten a false call a little bit on Marcus Freeman. Um, I mean, I think we can say without a doubt, it's going to be Freeman or fickle. Um, I still think it'll be Freeman. I'll, I'll stand by that for now, but, but uh, we'll, we'll see what's happened. Just wanted to uh, to give that update. that's really, that update is really more for you guys than the listeners as by the, by the time the listeners are, are hearing this uh, you know, they will, they will already know what I'm saying. All right, let's uh, let's move to the, uh, to the Pac-12 Championship, where I, I again predict that I will, I will be the lone wolf here. Um, I know Tommy and I both liked Oregon going into that matchup a couple weeks ago, and that Danny was, Danny was heavily on Utah, and Danny's nothing if not loyal. Um, so what, I'll, I'll start with you again, Danny. Tell me, uh, tell me why Utah's going to blow him off the field again.
2: Well, you know, I like to keep you on your toes, Steve, and listeners, so. Um, I guess when people think I'm gonna zig, I'm I'm gonna zag. Uh you did mention I, I was on I, after the uh the Notre Dame uh dismantling of, of Georgia Tech, I, I took those winnings and decided to sprinkle them on Utah first quarter, first half end game, and all three of those hit pretty easily. Um I'm going the opposite way this time. Uh you know, Tommy mentioned the you know, line movement and you know, we'll we'll talk about reverse line movement and, and the like. This seems like such a trap line that Utah is only giving two and a half, um, you know, after what the world saw a couple of weeks ago, where they dismantled uh, Oregon, um, you know, sorry, after the, yeah, when they dismantled Oregon. Um, so I do think, I think Utah is a slightly better team. Um, you know, this is another one where I'm going to go with the, with the revenge angle. I think Cristobal will, will make the, the necessary adjustments It uh, should lead, to at least the defense stepping up more than they did in the first game. Um, I think, you know, Thibodeau make, makes a couple of big plays. Uh, maybe they limit their running game a little better. Better, And I think offensively they there's only one way to go for them in terms of making adjustments and, and go up. So um, I personally like the under in the game better um, because I think both defenses are, are really stout um, and will limit it you know, limit the the other team in the in the red zone. Uh, so I go under 58 and a half is is the bet I like better, but I'm gonna uh, I'm also gonna take Oregon plus two and a half points.
1: Tommy, what do you think? Yeah,
2: it, it's scary how our
1: minds
0: align sometimes, but the first note that I have written down is this line makes little to no sense. Um, so I'm gonna be on Oregon as well. I think it is a little bit of an overreaction to the game a couple weeks ago. Um, not that that game was fluky. I think Utah played well. I just think Oregon is in a bounce back spot. Uh, I liked them to win the PAC 12 at the beginning of the year. You know, I like their win total over. I think it's a solid team, solid coaching staff. So I'm not going to shy away from that now. Um, you know, that game a couple weeks ago was in Utah, which I think has an inflated home field advantage, just due to the altitude and the atmosphere that they're able to, to put on there. Um, so I think being in the neutral, neutral stadium in Vegas um uh, will help a little bit. And then I just don't think the line um kind of makes sense and makes me confident backing the ducks. Um I actually disagree with the under. If if I had to play the total, I wrote down that I, I like the over. And that's kind of a little bit more of the contrarian. I think there was only you know, 40 some odd points scored in the last game, you know, Oregon only put up seven. I think, you know, Oregon could certainly win this game, putting up somewhere in the 30s with Utah getting a few touchdowns, certainly. So if I had to bet the total, I would lean the over, but I do like the Ducks getting two and a half.
1: We've got, I don't know if that was, hold on, I I can make that louder. Uh, I was afraid it was going to be too loud. So I, so I lowered the volume, but We've got our first unanimous pick of the weekend. I also like the Ducks pretty much for all the reasons you said, and really for all the reasons I said two weeks ago, uh, that I think they're disrespected. Uh, let's just multiply it by two, because now instead of just being disrespected by the line, they were disrespected by the way that game went. Totally agree about Utah being a, a bigger home field advantage than average. You know, the Rose Bowl's on the line. This is This is – everything about this season – can be washed away in a positive way for Oregon by winning this game. They were embarrassed, Cristobal gets them up. I think they win the game outright. So uh, so we'll take the two and a half free points there. I don't have much to add. You guys did a good job saying all the right things. And then uh, we'll, we'll move over to Maction. Uh, the Mac championship at noon on Saturday. We've got Kent State. We've got NIU <coughs> playing at Ford Field. Uh, Tommy, why don't you lead us off with this one?
0: Sure. I I love me some action. They always get a little extra attention and exposure with the uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night games uh, in the middle of the week. Uh, And I like Kent state here. Um, I think their offense is very impressive. You know, I I like my guy Dustin crumb at the helm there. They run a ton of plays play fast pace, score quickly, Defense, you know, doesn't really stay on the field all that often because they're usually giving up points on the other end. But uh, their offense is dynamic and they've been able to put up points um, coming into this game looking very solid. And I think they'll be able to, to put up a ton here. Northern Illinois, you know, I think their eight and four win total is a little bit misleading. They've escaped a ton of close games. You know, people talk about second order win total. I don't know exactly what that number would be here, but I would assume that it's more of a 500 team uh, than somebody playing for a championship. Um, Rocky Lombardi, they say it's good to go, but um, I have to imagine he, he's at least a little banged up and I don't think healthy Rocky Lombardi is a particularly great quarterback. So um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Kent pours it on, and uh, I'll take them to, uh, to win the MAC.
1: I wasn't expecting Rocky Lombardi slander, but here we are. Danny, what do you, uh, what do you think of this one? Well,
2: uh, I'll, I'll second that uh, the Kent State pick. Um, I do, for, for many of the reasons that Tommy mentioned, I, I do like the over a lot, too. Uh, that would probably be my, my favorite play in the game. Um, you know, Kent State plays at the third, fa- third fastest pace in the nation. Um, the first game between these two came in at 99 total points. Um, you know, if you look at Kent State over the second half of the season, um, you know, their games have averaged a total of around 80 points. Um, and, you know, Tommy said Kent, Kent State's defense is, is pretty awful. Uh, Northern Illinois has, does have a pretty explosive run game. Um so while I don't think we'll we'll get to 99 points um we don't need to, to to clear the 74 and a half so I think this game gets gets into the 80s uh I trust Crum uh, over Lombardi uh so I'll take Kent State but I like the over better
1: All right I'm going alone again I will uh I will take NIU looking at this I I had it as about a pickem uh and so when in doubt we're going to take three free points I do like Rocky Lombardi um you know injured didn't play last week but trying to dig in, and it's funny trying to get injury information on like non high profile college players but it just sort of seemed like whatever kept him out last week was sort of surprising and maybe not a huge deal um maybe it was surprising and a huge deal and I'm just misreading it but I, I expect him to be pretty much uh, fully fully healthy and and ready to go this week and and ultimately I think uh I think Northern Illinois gets it done. Let's let's call it a one point outright win and we'll uh we'll we'll take the three and a half and
2: uh plus I mean, didn't yeah. they didn't they have everything locked up too, Northern Illinois that they were playing this week no matter what?
1: Yeah, yeah so it wasn't important. It was not important for him uh for him to play. Um all right, also at noon, uh you know we're we're now we we already talked about the pac 12, we're now into the big 12, and we've got Oklahoma State. Uh, I Boy, I every time I go to say it, is it Gary Bohannon or Jerry Bohannon? Either way, he's not playing quarterback for the Baylor Bears. I think it's Gary because I'm like, it's like Gary Bertier. But I think it's Gary as well. I I think it's Gary. I'm going to stick with Gary. Um, You know, I I just I'll never live down the the Shinta Clears incident from last year. I get nervous about uh, pronunciation, but I, I guess I'll open this one up and I just, I think without Bohannon, um, you, Baylor was was not great against Texas Tech last weekend in in a game that was meaningful to them. Um, I think this Oklahoma State team, as much as as much as Tommy's going to want to say that uh, they they deserve to have at least one more loss. If you look at the early, you don't think I'm recapping that? You're out of your mind. (laughs) They they probably could. I mean, they really could have lost almost every game they played in September. Um, which but but they've come around. Uh They've been playing really well lately. And I just don't think this Baylor team. I, I think this is a this is a touchdown game. So uh, I'm going to lay the five points here with the pokes. Uh, I'll be I'll be taking Oklahoma State playing playing really good defense in this one. Um, And, and I think that they should be able to uh kind of maintain a one score lead the entire way. So I'm taking Oklahoma State uh, and laying the five points. Tommy, why don't you go ahead?
0: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm going to be taking the uh, what should be ten and two Oklahoma State Cowboys to to win this game. And it's because we can't have nice things. Um, but basically, Oklahoma State should have lost to or did lose to Boise State. I think it was like the third game of the year. One of the cleanest scooping scores you'll ever see, with about three minutes left on the blue turf, and the official blew the play dead didn't let it happen. And of course the, the replay reviewed showed it was a clear fumble, but the six points were already wiped off the board and Oklahoma state held on for a, a one point victory. Um, so because of that, they're in a situation to potentially be playing for a playoff berth here. And, you know, I, I think the cap is if you believe in karma then bet Baylor money line, and if uh, you're a cynic like me, then then hammer the pokes, and that's pretty much all the analysis I need on this game.
2: Danny, so it looks like I'll be I'll be the lone wolf on this one. Um, I think this is a classic fade the public and reverse line movement game. Um, you know the the average public better is going to see that Oklahoma State with a win likely gets in to the playoff, um, if you think that Alabama is going to slip up. Um, but, you know, Oklahoma State's getting 64% of the money, yet the line dropped from six and a half to five. Um, you know, Oklahoma State's defense is is probably one of the top, you know, three or four uh, units in the nation, uh, but I think their offense is, is pretty terrible. Um, you know, this also plays into the the revenge angle that I've – I've mentioned a couple times uh, the first the first matchup. Bohannon, whatever his first name is, was was the quarterback. Um, you know, shapin has been playing okay. Uh, it'll give Oklahoma State a different quarterback to to prep for uh, this game than than the first time. Uh, Baylor's defense is is a pretty stout unit as well. Uh, they picked off Sanders three times in the first meeting. Um, so I'm going to go with Baylor to keep it close. Uh, I think the public is going to be all over Oklahoma State.
1: Sure, there was. Uh, it was hard for me to pay attention. There's a lot of things happening, not just the things we already talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Just had a very, very loud fire truck siren outside my window, and also I've been hit with the notification that there are only seven and a half minutes left in this uh, in this Zoom meeting, and then I have to upgrade. This has never happened to me before. Thank God it didn't happen when I had like Brian Curtis on the show or something like that, because that would have been uh, that would have been really embarrassing. So let's just, you know, mentally, let's just prepare that uh, we'll we'll wrap up and I guess start a new one. I don't know what the good people at Zoom are going to do to prevent us from just starting a new a new Zoom meeting. And uh, it just adds a little bit of 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 audio editing for uh, for your boy here. But. Let's just keep moving. I think we can probably get through at least the next game here. Uh, We got we got the Mountain West Championship. San Diego State favored by five and a half against Utah State. Uh, San Diego State playing at home. This is a situation where, you know, you wonder, can can San Diego State just run the ball and lean on Utah State throughout the game? Kind of, you know, limit the number of possessions. Uh, on, on the other side of the ball is is Utah State going to be able to protect the quarterback enough to take advantage of a a potentially vulnerable San Diego State secondary? Ultimately, I just think that when I when I look at the way these two teams played Boise State, that just tells me all I need to know. And I think there is a, a talent discrepancy between these two teams because make no mistake about it, well, the coaching staff of Utah State, particularly those linebackers, are going to be coached as well as any unit in the country. But I just think there is too much of a a difference in in the talent on these rosters. So I think San Diego State wins this game by seven, mostly utilizing the run, uh, working the clock throughout the game, limiting possessions, and covers the five and a half in a home game. So I'll, uh, I'll go with the Aztecs in this one. Any, either of you, go.
0: Uh, this one I actually struggled with I went back and forth. Obviously San Diego State has an incredible defense you know it's incredible special teams their punter has been getting all the shine you know um, around the country for for what he's been able to do. but when like your team is getting its most praise for its punter, that kind of says something to me. I mean their offense is, kind of atrocious. It's one-dimensional. Um, they run the ball. They're slow. I'm going to go out on a limb and take take the points with the Aggies. I just think they're scrappy. Um, they're going to need some sort of football play. They're going to have to force a turnover. They're going to have to make something happen on special teams. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to kind of bank on that and, and hope that Hope that we can get a couple bounces and that they can win an ugly game. If it's a clean game and, you know, Ari- Ariza or whatever his name is, is pinning them back. They're not going to be able to drive the field consistently and put up enough points, but if they get some bounces and they score, you know, 24 points, I think that might be enough to, to win this game and certainly enough to cover. So uh, I'm going to take
1: Utah state plus the six. Yeah, It is worth mentioning San Diego state does have the best punter of last two decades maybe um so so that is something to look out for danny dimes what do you uh what do you got in this one
2: yeah for for those that that haven't watched a second of san diego state and think we're exaggerating uh i would tell you to go on go on youtube and look at the clip of matareza punting against hawaii uh it looks like a doctored video and it's not um he punts the ball 90 yards in the air and i think he's had like 15 or so punts over 60 yards so the guy is just unbelievable. Uh, San Diego State's defense is, is stellar. Um, but as you guys said, the, the offense is, is pretty putrid. I have I thought this game was gonna be closer to minus three. Um, I would have had a, a tougher call if that was the case. Um, I'm gonna take the five and a half with Utah State. Uh, I trust their quarterback more, uh, Logan Bonner. Um, you know, Devin Tompkins, I think led the league in, um, or led the country in receiving yards. Um, so I, I, think he'll make, you know, one or two big plays. Uh, I think Utah state will kind of load up the box to try and force San Diego state to, to pass the ball a bit, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the, if, if I don't trust the team's offense, I can't lay five and a half. So I'm going to take Utah state swaggies.
1: Very, very fair. And <laughs> we are now once again, reporting that Marcus Freeman is going to be the next head coach of Notre Dame. Um, so yeah, um, you, you ride the waves with us. We never backed down. We never, we just said it might take a little more time than we thought, but no, we're, we're here. Uh, we got we got Marcus Freeman on board and uh, we'll have to see. We, we've heard some rumors about uh, maybe, maybe losing a staff member or two. We won't comment on that yet, but it seems like Notre Dame is somehow, some way going to come out of this situation in pretty much as good. Maybe, this could be, we might be playing this back next year and I look like an all-time idiot. Dare I say in better position than we were earlier this week before Brian Kelly left. I don't know. Just saying Marcus Freeman might be the guy to get us over the hump more so than Brian Kelly, but there's a separate podcast coming for that. We're, uh, we're chugging along. We're giving the people winners. We just talked about the mountain West. Let's talk about app state and louisiana um this is this is at louisiana i'll i'll lead us off here looking at these two teams other than the head-to-head matchup i like everything about app state season better than louisiana's now louisiana handled this game in the head-to-head but app state had four turnovers in that game um billy napier coaching but did accept the job at florida he'll be coaching for Louisiana. it's, it's just a lot, a lot going on here, but here's where I landed. I, this is the first time that I think the game winner and the spread are in two different places. I think app state pulls this one out one point victory, but give me the three points and the Raysian Cajuns for Louisiana. I'll uh, I'll take Louisiana in this
2: one. Steve, before this podcast, I was, Joking with Steve that the over/under of uh, unanimous bets we're going to have is four and a half, um, and I think the live line now might be like one and a half.
1: Well, I I said hammer, <laughs> hammer, hammer <laughs> the under, and uh, I, I I don't think I actually wrote down. Did you take uh, Did you take San Diego State or Utah? You took the points in that last I, one, Jenny.
2: I took Utah
1: State. Yeah. Okay. So was, I think uh, the
0: the other the over under on games that Danny and I would would match on was eight and a half. So well, yeah, because
1: you guys just read the truck same truck damn website. If, if listeners of this podcast, I don't, I don't would, think
0: that's true. If if listeners of the podcast could
1: just go to Action Network and and read all your analysis on their own. But but go that's ahead. Not true. None of
0: I'll none think think of this is from it. Action Network, from Danny, Network.
2: Danny, tell us uh, why you like App State in this one. Yeah, I love I love App State here. Uh, I took them before the year plus four hundred to win the Sun Belt. I'm not hedging one penny on that. Um, this is another another revenge spot. Um, I think they'll have better turnover luck than they had the first matchup. Steve, you mentioned about Napier leaving. Those are always tough games to call because you. Yeah, don't know that, if- that could help. That could help. It could help, but it could hurt. Do you know if the kids are going to, you know, be pissed that he's leaving and, and really show up to play? I don't know. Um, you know, I think App State's a pretty experienced team. They have uh, 28 seniors. I think they'll go out with another. Sunbelt title. Uh, is this the Sunbelt? I think so. Oh yeah. Sunbelt. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this is this is another one. I think you're seeing some some pretty strong reverse line movement. Uh, you have 63% of the money on Lafayette, yet App State has gone from a two and a half point dog to a three point favorite. So I think you can see where, where the sharp money's at. I, I think I think App State has um, you know is it, better in, in most of the facets of the game. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna lay the three with, with App State. Tommy. Yeah, I'm going to agree here. I mean, Appalachian
0: state has just had Louisiana's number. I think this is the the third time they've played for the championship and Appalachian state has won um, each of the last three times. I think they're eight and two all time against them. Um, they're just a better team. I think they have more talent. Um, you know, I trust their quarterback more than I trust Levi Lewis, um, you know, leading Louisiana. Uh, I think that that drubbing that you mentioned, the 41-13 earlier in the year, was um, a little bit of anomaly. You mentioned all the turnovers. Cameron Peoples, um, one of the kind of the the running backs of their two-headed monster backfield for App State, missed that game. Um, and I think he's a, a key factor for their offense. Um, they can pound the ball, um, you know, down people's throats, and I think they're just going to take control and and win their their third straight uh, Sun Belt title here.
1: All right, I'm, I'm, I feel very comfortable being the lone wolf on these. Uh, we're we're just moving in, in chronological order here, uh, so I guess we can choose uh, we can choose. The, the AAC or the SEC why not just jump straight into the SEC uh, George is a six and a half point favorite Danny what do you what do you think in this one
2: yeah um, does anyone have any idea how long this game is going to last just because I have uh, dinner reservations at eight and I'm worried that I'm going to to miss the ending of this so
1: when um, how far how far away is the restaurant
2: uh, it's about a 10 minute walk.
1: You're gonna if you if you're gonna yeah, you're not gonna see the end of this game if you're uh you know, you gotta keep in mind we didn't even talk about the Dr. Pepper halftime <laughs> that are gonna elongate all of these games a little bit, bring back the yeah, yeah, overhand yeah. throw. Um, you know, you you know my stance on that. Uh <laughs> on over overhand only. But uh but yeah, yeah, I think you're you're probably gonna miss the uh the last two minutes.
2: Well, that's great. That's great. Um so yeah, poorly timed dinner on on my part. It's with uh with about 12 or 14 people. But anyway, um, the listeners don't care about that. Uh, you know, we, we, we all like Georgia. The to get The to listeners the- don't care about
1: anything that gets talked about on this podcast. So you you're, don't never worry
2: about the listeners. I feel like Husk has a soft spot for the podcast. Other, other listeners, I don't know. But I, I think Husk values our, our input. So hopefully he's listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, we all like Georgia to get to the playoff before the season started. Uh, I know Tommy and I like them as as our champ. Uh, I think they clearly have the best unit in the nation with their defense. Um, you know Alabama's O line looked very suspect last week against Auburn. I think they're going to get dominated in the trenches. I don't think Young's going to have much time at all to throw. Uh, I think they'll be able to to neutralize the the running game. I don't even know if um, you know their running backs are, are healthy. Going into this game, I guess we'll have to look at the injury report, but but that's not going to really sway my opinion one way or the other. Um, I think Kirby Smart's gonna gonna relish in knocking out their hated rival um, after all the heartbreak that Alabama has caused them over the last couple years. Um, I also think Alabama is probably their toughest competition if they get in the playoffs, so that, so that's extra incentive to to knock them out and, and not have to to play them twice. So, um, you know, I think Georgia's run game will do enough to, to separate from, from Bama. I think this is a, you know, 10 to 14 point Georgia victory, uh, relatively low scoring. Uh, If you want my take, I'd I'd probably lean under, but uh, I think Georgia wins by, by at least a touchdown.
1: Tommy.
0: Yeah, I I was torn on this game as well. And I tried to look at it pretty simply. I mean the first thing is you know betters in the last decade have not gotten rich fading Alabama you know so I'm not gonna pretend like like it's easy to just bet against Alabama here because that's kind of been a, a cornerstone thing that you just don't do. Um, but that being said, you look at it if you put somebody else's resume you know blind resume, and took the Alabama name off of it, I think this spread is, is higher. So that kind of goes in the opposite direction. So that, those kind of simple things um, are a little bit conflicting. I do think there's a little bit of an overreaction on the Alabama side to last week's game, you know, the scare against Auburn and, and almost losing and having to kind of come back and then win in overtime. I think there's a tiny bit of overreaction there. I'm probably not going to play this game. I mean, this is your,
1: your, your, your head faking in every direction. I, I, I
0: really am. I mean, I I prefaced it by saying I went back and forth. Ultimately, if I had to make a pick, I'm going to stick with that kind of first rule that's been tried and true over the last decade. I'll take Alabama plus the points. I do think Georgia win the, wins the game, um, but I'll, I'll just take the six and a half. I don't love it, um, but that's what I'm going to do.
1: I think you both said all the right things. Uh, Danny gave a good a good breakdown of strengths and weaknesses and Tommy kind of laid out all of the mental things that I think uh, are important, but I just think Tommy landed in the wrong spot. If, if you take the points in this game, you are betting on the past Um, which. The past is part of the present because Nick Saban is still the coach of Alabama and Kirby smart is still the coach of Georgia. So I'm not saying that that shouldn't be a factor at all, but as you said, if you take the names off of the, off the, the, the paper here, and you just say, what am I seeing on the field? Nothing suggests that this should be closer than a touchdown. So I'm absolutely terrified playing six and a half against an Alabama team. But I think Danny brings up an important point. Georgia, and you know how SEC teams feel about the rest of the country and other SEC teams. Georgia thinks the only thing between them and a national championship is Alabama. If they can keep Alabama out of this playoff, Georgia thinks they are going to walk to a national title. This is a huge game for them. They are going to come out and play hard. I would feel like an absolute coward if I was not willing to lay the points just because I was afraid of Alabama. I will be laying the six and a half. I am not a coward like Tommy Vegas is. So let's roll with the Bulldogs in that one. And let's move ahead to the AAC. Uh, Danny, I'll let you lead this one off again, because since then he's been your team all year. Um, so so what do you think in this one there? They're laying 10 and a half against Houston.
2: It's It's been my team uh, for the past two years, apparently. Um, for for the loyal listeners, they remember that my, uh, my favorite bet of the Bulls, or not the, the championship week, Last year was uh, Cincinnati first half and uh, laying seven or seven and a half. Some of the users or some of the listeners pushed, some lost. Um, so I'm going back to the well this year. Um, right, this is my largest position going into championship weekend. Um, I have Cincy minus 200 to win the conference. Uh, I took them before the Notre Dame game at plus 600 to make the college football playoff. Uh, I think they. Well, they clearly will win the, the conference if they uh, if they win on Saturday. Uh, I think they make the college football playoff if they win Saturday. Uh, and I'm doubling down. We're going first half, minus six and a half. Uh, I'm also taking that minus 10 and a half for the game. Uh, I'm not going to stop you know, riding them now. Uh, you know While this team isn't the same team as last year and doesn't have the same D coordinator who's moved on to much bigger and better things, um, you know, I think a lot of the key pay key pieces remain from that team uh, that gave Georgia pretty much all it could handle in the peach bowl. Um, You know, fickle knows that the, you know, he might need some style points here. Uh, They're number four and they could easily get passed by Oklahoma state. If, if Alabama wins and and Oklahoma state takes care of business. So I think he's going to try and run up the score a bit if he can at the end uh, for style points, which may help cover the, the 10 and a half. Um, you know, I, I trust Ritter more than, than tune, even though I, I admit he's a, he's a pretty solid quarterback. Uh, this is a Houston team that got smoked you know, first week by Texas tech. Uh, they gave up 42 points to a terrible South Florida team and they needed overtime to beat East Carolina. Um, you know, whereas I think since he has proven, they can win tough games away from home you know, not to bring it up again, but they did end Notre Dame's long, uh, home winning streak. So uh, give me the, the quarterback and, and the coach I trust more. Uh, give me the team that I think you know believes it needs style points that that is going to win uh, by by two or more touchdowns. So so I'll take Cincy first half and game.
1: Tommy,
0: yeah, you know, I'll preface this by saying I've gotten Cincinnati wrong for probably the last six weeks or so. Please Yeah, betting betting on their games and just being on on the wrong side of, of them covering or not. Um, Ultimately I did land on Cincinnati here, minus the 10 and a half. I do think they sort of uh, were a little bit reinvigorated and kind of resharpened their, their edge after last week. Uh, I think they were a little bit in a lull or played a little bit lazily in some of those games that they didn't look too great in, um, you know, a few weeks ago, but I do think they're they're playing with a purpose, and and Fickle will have them ready. And I do think they're the more talented team ultimately. So um, I'm going to side with with Danny and, and take the Bearcats, line the points.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on I'm on Cincinnati as well. Uh, hopefully, I, I just got a pop up that my internet connection is unstable i uh, just can't handle the traffic here with, with all that's going on, but uh, this is a really, really nasty defense uh, going up against a, a Houston offense that is okay, but, but not dynamic by any means. Um, and the offense, they got, they got a playmaker quarterback, a playmaker running back, and a playmaker receiver. That's, that's a recipe for success. This team is, is ready. They're focused. They've, they've been focused on this all year. They've got a chance to get into the playoff. They're not going to let it slip away. And they don't have to worry about their coach leaving anymore because uh, that that they just they just learned that that Notre Dame vacancy is is filled. So uh, they're going to come in focus. They're going to get the job done. I think they win this game by two touchdowns. So uh, so that's our second unanimous pick. We're all laying the 10 and a half with Cincinnati. Tommy, uh, why don't I let you lead off with the Big Ten championship where Michigan is also favored by 10 and a half?
0: So, I don't think you know you can't really have a hangover spot in a in a conference championship. But if there's ever time to have one, you know this certainly would be it. Um, Michigan, obviously, coming off that that massive win and very impressive performance against Ohio State, um, you know these are college kids. So I do think it's going to be hard for them to kind of get up that same level against Iowa here. Um, So I I think they might start slowly. I I wouldn't hate a first half bet on, on Iowa. Ultimately I'm going to, going to take the points Um, with Iowa. It's a low total 43 and a half. Anytime you're kind of looking at a low total and have getting a team, getting double digits, I'm going to start kind of looking that way. Uh, I do think Iowa will be able to slow the game down and, and stop the run, which we know Michigan wants to do uh, much more effectively than uh, Ohio State did uh, this past weekend. Um, I do think Michigan is ultimately going to win, um, but I'll, I'll take the the Hawkeyes to keep it within um, within the 10 and a half.
1: You know, Iowa's last truly good performance was October 1st. Um that's concerning. Um and it, that's they that's... do
0: also, you know, they're they're starting Spencer Petrus again, you know, he had been benched for a few games and then came in and sort of led the the comeback against Nebraska hmm. last week. Um I mean that was a game that they had no business winning and they actually well they were playing pretty ne- good.
1: they were playing Nebraska so of course, they had business winning it. But well, it, well
0: I, given the, the score that Nebraska went up by and how kind of the first half of that game unfolded is what I meant. Um, you know, you, you would not associate this or any Iowa team with a team that can come back from whatever 18-point no, exactly, deficit, that's but
1: exactly they did how it. I feel. Yeah, but again, they did it against a Nebraska team that's let teams do that all year long. Again, the last good game they played, October 1st, a the game they ter- forced seven turnovers I said it at the time you can't live on turnovers and since that they've, you know they've been five and two since that but not a single performance there has been impressive um on the flip side Michigan's been nothing but good outside of a sleepy game at Penn State and then that predictably close call at Nebraska um I was a hard team to blow out but I think they're a really easy team to just get up by two scores and stay there so that's exactly what I think happens here. I think this is a really good Michigan team. Um, as long as they, you, you never know if the tournament if the turnovers pop up again. Of course, they could lose outright. But uh, but but I think that that Cade McNamara continues to do what he's been doing all year, which is um, he's he's more than a game manager. Uh, but he, but he's taking care of the football. And uh, I think I think Michigan kind of just is is up by 14 sort of this entire game. So I'm I'm laying the 10 and a half. Uh, Danny, you break the tie here.
2: Well, shockingly, I'm, uh, I'm going to be on the same side as, uh, as Tommy. Um, I will say I really wish Wisconsin was in this game because I would love them outright. Um, but they, they clearly choked uh, their last game of the season. Um, yeah, I think you, you both bring up good points um, in that if Michigan were to get up by two scores, Iowa's not the type of team that's, that's going to come back. Uh, that being said, I, I do agree with, with Tommy if I think about the game flow of this game. Um, this is the mother of all letdown spots. Uh, you just beat your most hated rival. Um, you have a coach who notoriously is is terrible in big games. Um, you're getting all sorts of national championship love. Hutchinson is um, you know now a dark horse for for the Heisman. Um, you they were probably partying for a couple days straight. Uh, in Michigan following, following that big win. Um, Yeah. I just, I don't trust a team like that to get up early for this game against a, a, you know, quite honestly, a foe that they're going to look down upon. I was not flashy. They have a good defense. Their offense is, is pretty putrid. Uh, But if I think I was going to keep it close for at least the first two or three quarters of the game um, I think it's tough to win by more than 10 points. So I'm going to take I'm going to take Iowa. I I don't know that they'll win outright, but but I think you do have a big letdown letdown spot at least early for Michigan. Um, and then just the second thing I'd add on, uh, I know they say you, you shouldn't tease college football sides and uh, I would I wouldn't really advocate for it, but if you're looking for for a two team teaser, um, seven point teaser, I would take Iowa plus 17 and a half and Utah State plus 13. I think both games will be pretty low scoring and, and I have a hard time seeing both of them losing by, uh, by two touchdowns or more.
1: And uh, I should say with that, we, we do have one, one game left to talk about, but uh, we've now gone through all of the games that could impact Notre Dame's uh, college football playoff standing. And I do have Alabama losing, uh, but the other three I, I have all unfortunately going in the direction that would not be helpful. Uh, for Notre Dame with with Oklahoma State, Cincinnati and Michigan all winning. So that's where I am there. Hope I'm wrong. But uh, but we will have to see how that plays out. And that brings us to, uh,
2: I guess. He's just, sorry, sorry, just on that point. Um, are you worried at all about what the committee said uh, about the, the coaching vacancy and
1: not um, so much worried think
2: about that?
1: Not so oh, much, Danny, Danny.
2: We have we have a coach, didn't you? Haven't you been listening? Yeah, but he's not the coach. I guess that led them. I'll I'll address yeah, this I'm, quickly. I'm kidding. I'm
1: I'm not worried about that for a few reasons. Um, I I I am worried that they won't put them in, even if a couple of these teams lose. But I'm not worried that it's really because of the coach for a few reasons. One, when that was said by Gary Barta the media and so widely said that this is the stupidest thing they've ever heard immediately. So many people were just like, this is ridiculous. But I almost think that the committee is like almost going to make, want to make it look like they're not being unfair to Notre Dame, just so they don't look stupid. And the second thing is, guess what? Part of the knock on Brian Kelly was that he would get killed in the college football playoff. Now we don't have, we've got a different coach. We've got a guy that went toe to toe with, with Georgia in, in the peach bowl last year. We got the guy who's going to get us over the hump. So if anything, it should be a bonus. So yeah, (laughs) I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about the teams. uh, The teams they need to lose probably aren't going to lose. And uh, so, what do you need? uh, You think you need two of those three? Theoretically, I think
2: we should. And
1: uh, Alabama. Well, for saying Alabama is, you know, if we're just kind of counting them as a loss, and I think we need one of the other three uh but honestly we might need all of them i we might specifically need cincinnati and oklahoma i truly don't know what the committee is going to do which is why it's it's not even really worth talking about because sort of every scenario remains on the table and they have never you know they, they one time dropped tcu from three to six when they won by like 49 points so who, who's to say Let's, uh, let's move to the ACC, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, dear to this, uh, to this program. Uh, I'll leave us off. Pretty simple here. These are two pretty similar teams. I trust Dave Clawson a lot more than I trust Pat Narduzzi. If, if these two head coaches are going against each other and they have anything close to similar talent on the roster, give me Dave Clawson 100 times out of 100. Wake wins the game outright. I'll take the free two and a half points. Let's go. Demon Deacons. Tommy.
0: Yeah, I think they're pretty similar as well. Um, what it came down to me was I was going to take the team with the better defense. And I think that's Pitt.
1: Um, it's not, it's not Wade in any matchup. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I like how Pitt stood up against a U.S. UNC team a few weeks ago. Um, who was kind of hitting their stride offensively. Uh,
1: I should note, though, they tried to lose that game, and if not for a really, really well-timed rainstorm, would have lost that game.
0: Sure, but just looking at, I think the defense was on the field for something like 34 minutes in that game, and it was sort of a bend, but don't break. I mean, they're going to score points in this game. I think the over-under is 71 and a half, so by no means do I think Pitt is going to keep Wake off the scoreboard. I think just given two similar teams, um, you know, I, I like Kenny Pickett as a quarterback. Uh, I'm just using the slightly better defense as kind of my tiebreaker here, uh, and I'm going to take take Pitt.
1: What do you think, Danny? I'm
2: going to side with uh, with Steve and, and go with Wake uh, and their stud quarterback and uh, distant relative of loyal listener Tom Hartman. Um, <laughs> In, uh, in actuality, I mean, I, I like the total better in this game than, than aside. I, I love the over at, at 71 and a half. I, I honestly thought this was going to be the the highest line total of, of all the championship games. I'm a little surprised that it's not, uh, with with both teams having very solid quarterbacks. Uh, and I don't really trust either defense. I mean, I will admit, I think Pitt has the the better defense, uh, but I use that, that term lightly and... And Wake, unfortunately, really can't stop anybody. Um, but I, I think this—I don't know—this side for me was was probably the the toughest to pick. Uh, but yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take the the two and a half points. Like you said, Steve, I, I trust many coaches in the nation more than I trust Pat Narduzzi. So uh, give me give me Wake and and give me the over. All
1: right. So just to uh, run it down, we have two unanimous picks. That's Oregon plus two and a half and Cincinnati minus 10 and a half. And then uh, Danny and Tommy are on Western Kentucky. I'm on UTSA. Uh, Danny and Tommy are on Kent State. I'm on NIU. Tommy and I are on Oklahoma State. Danny's on Baylor. Tommy and Danny are on Utah State. I'm on San Diego State. Tommy and Danny are on App State. I'm on Louisiana. Uh, Danny and I are on Georgia while Tommy's on Alabama. tommy and danny are on iowa i'm on michigan and danny and i are on wake while tommy's on Pitt. so we do at least have every combination of of mix and match there no one is uh is fully left out and and like usual i am going alone more than anyone else and i have to imagine as usual i will be the uh the winner of championship weekend but uh hey, what but-
2: was what was your record two years ago
1: two years ago it was nine and one uh, was it was Wisconsin? And I think no, last year, I think last year was seven-three. Yes, Wisconsin was the one. It was that it was the game where and he uh uh Jack Cohn was like rolling out trying <laughs> for like the stupidest backdoor cover of all time and got completely laid out to end the game at like the four-yard line. And Brutus Buckeye covered the eyes on his mascot head. I'm <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that uh that was a good run. Uh, we'll, we'll try to keep it going. We're at 22 and 20 right now on the picks for the year. So that's, that's even, that is break, even, that's a break-even number if you're assuming minus 110 on everything. Of course, I always encourage my listeners to try to find someone to go vigless with. That's viglas.com. Uh But, uh, but yeah, any, any, any last uh, thoughts from either of you as we, uh, as we get close to wrapping up the season and I guess might as well not, not beat around the bush. Maybe, maybe the last time we'll uh, we'll be doing this. So, uh, so any, any final thoughts or final words? I, I hope maybe this time. is a good a
0: good time to uh, announce the the new podcast that Danny Dimes and I will be uh, launching in place. <laughs> Breaking it might news. it it, it, mo- it might only be a season futures and a conference championship uh, weekend
1: preview, but well, I hope I hope we'll to be see. invited as a as a guest on, <laughs> on both of those shows. Yeah, sure, why,
0: why don't you host it, Steve? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think we can do. We'll, some we'll just call of, it. We'll just call it the Scoop and Score. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll put it out on the same feed.
2: Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can add basketball to the mix. We can do some sort of March Madness preview on the on the scoop and score feed. Really shake up the listeners a little bit.
1: Yeah, nothing uh, Nothing is certain. Nothing uh, – we, we don't know anything for sure. Uh, so, so you might be back. I might be back. We don't know. But I uh, just wanted to afford you the opportunity. But as always, it's a pleasure talking with you gentlemen. Always enjoy – the insights that you bring, uh, listeners. I will, I'll dive deep on all things Notre Dame next week. Uh, in addition to the reaction to the college football playoff matchup. So we'll, uh, probably early next week for that, but, uh, until then enjoy, enjoy championship weekend and welcome. To the Marcus Freeman era. That
0: concludes the Scoop and Score podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I
1: award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul.